Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Hi, can you hear that? Uh, my name is Gary Phipps. I'm one of the four deacons here. Uh, Larry Moe and Curly are the others. Ronnie wanted me to talk a little bit about the history of the church since I've been here. I came here uh, 2013. Um, I've been in and out of church a long time, all my life really. And I got baptized years ago, but I never really got it together. I've had a lot of issues. I've, uh, Ronnie once said I was the nice guy. I'm not. I'm not the nice guy. I'm not. I've broken pretty much every rule in the book and uh, was okay with it. It didn't bother me. Um, but uh, after I retired, and uh, I retired early because then I could do whatever I wanted to, um, but I didn't do anything. I just laid around and uh, so finally one day uh, my dog died. And I, well, he was about to die, so I took him over to the vet across the way and had him put down. And I just stopped at this church. It was just the first place. It didn't matter what the name on it was. I just stopped and uh, I had been in counseling before through another uh, Christian program. And uh, so I just stopped to talk to the pastor. And Helen Landers, the secretary, she was secretary then. And uh, she let me see the pastor, Jeff Moore. And Jeff sat and listened to me for an hour. And uh, at the end, he said, I really don't have, uh, I'm not a counselor, but he gave me the name of uh, a woman who was with uh, Baptist Children Home and Family Services. It's called Pathways Counseling. And uh, made an appointment, went and saw her, uh, talked to her for two years. Um, and in that time, anyway, I started going to church on Sunday morning. Now, when I came, Helen or Romy can probably, but I don't think there were maybe 12 people here or 15. Uh, and it, it was sad. It was really sad. And this is God's house. He wants it filled with his people. And so... I was just glad to be somewhere with uh, people who would love on me and try to help me, and uh, Jeff and Helen did, and uh, so uh, I got connected a little bit with the program. I started working in the kitchen for uh, Helen when she would leave, and uh, the point I'm trying to get at is the church has changed, and uh, if you've been here a while, which I don't think most of you have because I don't know a lot of you, um, People are missing because of COVID, and there are people missing because things have changed. And yes, they have. And uh, when Pastor uh, Jeff and his family decided to go back to their home area, and we started looking for a pastor, um, I was on the committee uh, to find a new pastor. We had 30, at least 30 uh, applications, and uh, we, right off, we took seven and looked at them, Ronnie Tabor's resume was amazing. 
I mean, it's unbelievable. He, he stood out head and shoulders above the rest, and all of us agreed. The first vote, everyone voted. We got to talk to this guy. Uh, he came. He is obviously a godly man, and he had a vision for this church and this community that we just couldn't deny it. And the church heard him preach, and he agreed to come, and we brought him here. And uh, it's been go, go, go ever since. Um, and the point is, Ronnie's vision is that this is God's house, and this community is desperately, desperately in need. And what they're in need of is to know Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm not great at going out and haranguing the people next door to come in and do all that. And uh, we've got these three great guys who are godly and loving and intelligent, and they're willing to do anything to uh, help somebody to see the light and come to the Lord or any help they might need. And I just wanted to say that um, I'm grateful Ronnie's here. And I think all of us, I'd like all of us to, uh, if you get a chance, talk to him. What is his vision for the church? He tells it every time we have a meeting. He talks about it. And I tell you, I can talk about it all the time. But when he talks, something comes in his eyes, in his voice. And I know, I know that um, the Lord has a purpose for this church and the people that are here. And uh, we've seen more people come to the church. We've seen people get involved. And that's really important. Uh, if you really want to know the true meaning, the true expanse of what the Lord can do in your life, you have to get involved. Uh, it's easy to sit back and enjoy. And we're all here to get fed, but we're all saved. Most of us are saved. We've got the big prize. We've got to get other people the prize. We've got to bring them in and help them to see the truth. And um, so the history is there weren't any people here. And now through the grace of God, and this pastor we've got, and these people who are working and volunteering and uh, doing the job that God's called them to do, I believe, people are coming to, to, uh, to our church. And there are people that need to come and people that are coming, and we're helping. We're, we had benevolence before, and we had a food bank, and we had a diaper bank, and we were helping people, but we weren't saving anybody. Nobody was coming to church. Nobody was hearing the word. And they are now. And I just kind of want to encourage you about that. Uh, the history of this church is that it was once, it's been in two different locations in town. It got to be a large, important church. And then it just, it died on the vine. I don't know. I don't know why. But when I came, there were a dozen people here. And we couldn't get anybody to volunteer or help or do anything. And if you want to know my backstory, I'll tell you sometime. I won't tell you all of it probably, but uh, you, you don't want to know. It, but I came to a church where people cared about me. I know they did. And uh, I'm a very selfish person. And uh, I live alone, and I have for 40 years, and that makes you a very selfish person. But people loved me here. They didn't care about that. And uh, they love you too. We all love you, too. Uh, I just wanted to say um, I see great things ahead. I see great things in store. Uh, the, uh, the virus, the coronavirus, is kind of uh, shaking things up, shaking the country up, shaking us up as individuals. But God is in control. I have to tell myself that every day for everything. God is in control. And uh, that's kind of all I wanted to say.
Good morning. Can you hear me? Well, yeah, it's on. Thank you, Gary. So <clears throat> my topic is why men are important. Um, when a man comes to Christ first, his family joins, joins him 93% of the time. It's that important for men to be in church. So I want to start off Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you want to be my follower, you must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross, and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. So what I want to do, I want to tell you guys about a true story about a man named Ricky. Um, <clears throat> a few years ago, Hannah and myself were having a rummage sale at our house, and uh, this man named Ricky showed up. He was, he was the law um, on drugs, just a real muscular dude, very, very intimidating, and I was just really, really nervous about having him at my house, and uh, lo and behold, I can talk to a tree, and I got to talking to him. And we started to build a relationship together. And Ricky was one of them guys that you knew his heart was troubled. But deep down, he was a good man. He really, really was. He was just a very good man. He just kind of lost himself along the way. So fast forward, he would stop by from time to time. And we would talk, have a really good conversation. And one night, it was real late at night, it was like midnight, very unusual time for him to stop by pulls into my driveway, and <clears throat> I go out and meet him in the driveway, and he's just bawling. I mean, the tears are just rolling down his uh, This thing keeps coming in and out. I go out there, and I tell him, Ricky, come, come on in. Come on in the house. So I bring him in the house. Um, mind you, right before he got there, the Bible, I was reading my Bible. It was sitting on the, uh, the arm of the couch. Ricky was sitting right next to it, and he's, he's telling me about all these relationship issues he was having and drug problems that he was having. Church, I knew all the answers to his problems were sitting right there in that Bible on the arm of that couch. So I kept looking at Ricky, looking at the Bible, looking at Ricky, looking at the Bible. So I had a choice. I pick up my cross, witness to Ricky, or I could not. You know what I did? I stared at that cross line on the ground and I walked right by it. So Ricky goes home. A few days later, I get a phone call. <clears throat> it says, uh, Josh, Ricky was involved in a motorcycle vehicle accident on the highway. My heart drops. So I asked him, I said, is he alive? And they said, yeah, he's alive and he's talking. I'm like, thank God. I told my wife, Hannah, I said, as soon as he gets home from that hospital, I'm going to finish what I should have started. I'm going to take that Bible over there. I'm going to witness to him, share, share Jesus with him. A few more days go by. I'm out back hunting in one of my deer blinds. I get a text from my wife. says, sorry, Ricky didn't make it. He passed away.
<clears throat> so here's the thing, church. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed to live another minute. On the flip side of that, we're not guaranteed to give, be given the opportunity to witness to that person for another minute. <clears throat> so I tell you this to, to say this. Um, everybody in here has a Ricky. In some way, shape, or form, you have a Ricky in your life. Some of you may even be Ricky. <clears throat> so you have a choice to make. <clears throat> you can pick up your cross and you can follow Jesus. <clears throat> or you can stare at it lying on the ground like I did and you can walk right by it. But I will promise you, I promise you, it's hard either way. It is hard to pick up your cross and follow Jesus at times. I know that. But it's even harder to not do it and know that God was using you for his purpose and you miss it. That is a pill I still swallow today. Do not make that mistake. <clears throat> church, I'm asking you to pick up your cross and follow us here at Crossroads Church. Like Gary said, we're going somewhere. We've got a great men's ministry. We've got great women in this church. We're going to go somewhere. I'm asking you to join us. Don't stare at that cross. Pick it up and follow us here at Crossroads. Jesus Christ picked up his cross, and he died on it for me and for all of you and for everybody watching online. The question is, is what are you going to do? Thank you. So what exactly are we going to do? What exactly are we going to do here at Crossroads Church? Well, I'm here to talk to you about vision. Uh, I think Ronnie probably picked a good person to do that because my number one strength, uh, if any of you have ever done strength finders, my number one strength is futuristic. Um, so I'm the type of person, my wife, she always says, I don't know how you do it, but you can see things and it's just real to you. And to me, it doesn't make sense that other people can't. And so, because I see things and I see what's to come and it's just, it becomes real. But I think sometimes we need that vision to be able to do the work that it takes to get to where we're ultimately going. Because if we can't see where we're going, what are we working for? So that makes me think about Noah. That makes me think about the ark. Uh, and if you look at, and, and we all know the story of Noah, we all, I, I hope we know the story of Noah uh, and the ark. And if you look at uh, uh, Genesis uh, chapter 6, starting around verse 13, um, uh, God proceeds to tell Noah exactly how the ark is to be built. Exactly how Noah is to build the ark. I mean, literally the length, the, the width the height, how many rooms, how many compartments it has. The, I mean, and God plants a vision in Noah for what the ark is to look like. If God hadn't have done that, Noah wouldn't know what work he needed to do to get where he's go, He's God is planning for Noah to go, right? 
So Noah proceeds to build the ark with gopher wood, mind you. And those who, uh, if you don't know, I'll share with you, gopher wood back in that day was made to build coffins. Was Coffins were built with gopher wood. Yet God, there we go. God used gopher wood intentionally, or had Noah use gopher wood intentionally to build the ark, something that would maintain life. And back then, I'll tell you, uh, a lot of people uh, didn't, no one even knew what rain was. Noah said, no, there's a flood coming, there's a flood coming. People didn't, rain came from the ground, or water came from the ground then. It didn't come from the sky. So Noah had this vision of what's about to happen and what's to come. And guess what? Everybody around Noah is probably thinking, this guy's a lunatic. This guy is crazy. He's doing all this work. For what? He's he's crazy. Man, I'm glad Noah built the ark. I'm really glad he did that work. So, I just wanted to share that story and really get your mind thinking about the work that we have to do here. And about... And I'm blessed that prior to coming to Centralia, prior to moving to Centralia, uh, my family, uh, uh, me and Brittany and my kids, we went to a church down in in Heron um, called Southern Illinois Worship Center, uh, also known as SIWC. And so I am able to have a vision right here for Crossroads Church. But mind you, SIWC years ago, back in 2009, it wasn't called SIWC. I don't even know what the name was. It had a different name. SIWC, back in 2009, they called a pastor, um, who's their pastor today, his name is Jason McInnes, um, great guy, good friend of mine, um, and he, uh, they called him, he, they called him, Gary, Okay, there we go. Um, so they called uh, Jason from Gary, Indiana, and uh, or that area, um, and he's a guy from somewhere else, and they bring in this pastor, and he's got all this. Well, that church at that time only had 90, I think, two members. Uh, it was a small church, had a different name, and, and only had like 92 members, which is a decent church. Um uh, not not a not a tiny church by any means, but Jason began making making some changes. It went through a name change. Um, the the building grew. Um, they they changed the the environment. They changed the lighting. They changed all these things happened um, at that church. And and uh, and this was before Brittany and I and our kids went to went to that church. Um, but. I'll tell you what happened through all those changes. Today, that church has over three services. It has three services every Sunday. It has a service on Tuesday. It has a service on Wednesday. It has over 3,000 members that attend that church regularly. Some of my friends that are sitting in here right now have been to that church and know exactly the church I'm talking about. So I tell you guys that. I tell you guys that because God used Pastor Jason and planted him in that church and and gave him this vision of what that church could be 
in little bitty, actually energy in Illinois, it's not even actually in Heron, it's in energy, um, and gave him the vision of what that that church could be and knew that there was going to be a lot of work and trials and tribulations and people leave the church and uh, people come to the church and, and to impact lives, to reach souls, to pick up our cross and carry it, to not, not miss Ricky's. And so that makes me think about this church this church, and when I refer to this church, I'm not talking about just this building. I'm talking about this church. See, we are the church. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if our if our name is uh, Temple or our name is Crossroads or our name is whatever. We are the church, and as the church, our mission is to reach more within the church, more church. More people, uh, more unsaved people. That's our our mission. Um, that's that's we we're called to do that. Uh, my vision for this particular church building is to see hundreds of baptisms a year. Let me tell you, one time at SIWC, my my best friend uh, Jeff Brown, he he got baptized, and on the day he got baptized, I want to say there was probably seventy people that same day that got baptized. It was mind blowing. And I see that right here. See, we're just at the initial phases of that. We're just at the initial phases of what's to come. Like Gary said, it used to be 12 people. Well, we've had a lot more than 12 people. We got way more than 12 people in here right now, right? We're just at the initial phases. So understand where we are going. There's going to be some changes. There's going to be some some growth that we're going to go through. But understanding where we're at, here's the deal. This building is probably going to have to get expanded upon because we're going to have literally, we're going to have to have multiple services. You're going to, there's a the funny story. I would meet people in, in down in Heron area or Carbondale or Marion or whatever. I would meet them and I'd say, oh, where do you go to church? Oh, I go to SIWC. Really? Me too. You'd have to figure out what service they go to because you go to the same church. So I see that same vision right here. Because when we make that impact, it's not about this building. When we make that impact, the lives that we're going to impact, the, 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 uh, the home that it will feel like for people, we want it to be known that people, there's something different there. This is a place I can go to when I'm in, I'm in need. This is a place where I can find people that's going to love on me. So church, just for a minute, uh, let's, let's do this. If you would just close your eyes, uh, close your eyes with me. And, and I want you to, I want you to see, I want you to see, uh, as you take yourself, uh, ignore where you're at right now and just imagine, imagine sitting in, in, in worship, uh, with your grandkids, with your kids, with your parents, with your best friend right here. Imagine, imagine it just being shoulder to shoulder. Let's ignore the, the COVID thing. Let's, let's, let's uh, um, get back to uh, the feeling of closeness, that feeling of love. Let's, let's imagine that we're just praising, praising together, shoulder to shoulder, with people that you have done the work to reach, people that you have went out and, and brought to the church. Now I want you to ignore, 
I want you to ignore this building. Now I want you to ignore this, this earth. And I want to ask you to imagine being in heaven. Imagine being in heaven next to those same people. That's our goal. You can open your eyes. That's our goal. That's what we're aiming for. I want the people that I love the most to be in heaven with me. This time here is so short, but we got to have a vision for where we're going and what we're doing. And I can see this. There's going to, this, this church is going to, this sanctuary is going to look completely different in just a matter of a couple years. There's going to be hundreds of people in here and there's going to be multiple services and we're probably going to end up having to build on all because we were willing to pick up our cross and do the work. Let's go, church. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.